Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the first sermon in our church's A Season Set Apart series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. My name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. A season like no other. Who doesn't want that? When our favorite sports team kicks off the season, we have the hopes that they'll win it all. When December comes each year, we often have the childlike hopes or dreams of the best Christmas ever, both in the presence the things we get and give, and in the presence, the fellowship of those who we hope are near. The seasons of Advent and Christmas offer bigger expectations and even greater results. Our series key verse for a season set apart is from Isaiah 64 verse 1. It reads, Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence. Today we kick off the series, a season set apart with the sermon, Expect the Season. Expect the Season. Any of y'all hunt? Any hunters in the building? A few of y'all? Anybody ever hunted? When I was growing up, Oh, now I don't have the time or it doesn't seem like the money to do hunting. But when I was growing up, my dad and I or with friends seemed to hunt everything. I was really good at some hunting. Like when I had dogs that would go and hunt the game and find it for me. I was really good or they were good at that. I was pretty good at turkey hunting. Anybody know what turkey hunting is? You have this call that you make a sound like a turkey and they come to you. And I was pretty good at that. I was not very good at deer hunting. If you know deer hunting, or at least the way I experienced it, it was very, very high on requirements of patience. Like you get up very early in the morning. You go out in a very cold spot and you just sit and wait and wait and wait. It felt like a real struggle for me because I like to be doing stuff. And so what I usually did in those deer hunts was kind of get comfortable, nestled up wherever I was sitting, and fall asleep. Right? I was not ready for one whenever it did come. Now there's some funny parts about being asleep in the woods where it's quiet and peaceful. The least little noise sounds like a great big deal. I'd be asleep and I'd hear something that, a sound that resulted from an acorn drop. I'd be like, all right, is one coming at me? <laughs> right? Or I'd hear a great commotion in the leaves rustling and think, oh, here comes a whole herd of deer. It must be. And I'd finally see through the woods and it would be a little chipmunk scurrying on the ground, right? And so it was a very frustrating experience for me. 
and not one I was very good. It's hard to be good at something when you're not paying attention. There was times when I was growing up, I'd paid attention, right? I'd sit at the front row of class and listen to everything the teacher said. <laughs> it, no, that wasn't the truth. More like whenever me and some buddies would go cruising downtown. Did anybody grow up cruising? Some of y'all did that. Or go to the mall and walk around. Then we had our radars up because you know what we were doing, right? Looking for other people to... No, we were looking for girls, right? And so we would be a hundred yards away and like, there they come. And boom, we would be attention. But it's hard to be effective when you're not ready and whenever you're not expecting what's coming. The Bible warns us about that in our faith journey. If we're not looking for the events of God's kingdom or if we're distracted by other things, we'll miss the path on which God has planned for us. We'll miss the good that God has promised us. We'll miss the salvation that God offers us. We'll miss the return and ultimate presence with God if we're not looking for it. And so today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 13. If you've got a Bible or your Bible app, I invite you to turn to that passage or to open it on your phone. We call Mark a gospel. And that word gospel is from a, an old English word that just means good news. <coughs> and it's good news because it tells of the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's good news because those who put their faith in that are saved or experience salvation, saved from sin's consequences and even its bondage hold on them. Well, Mark was a, originally an oral story. Like people that had seen the life of Jesus began to tell other people and they compiled like, a story of all those events. And so whenever people first heard the gospel of Mark, it was in a stand up and recite the whole thing from beginning to end. That's pretty impressive. And they would teach that to other great orators. I think that's the right word. People that could speak in public. And they would tell the story. And as that first generation shared that gospel of Jesus or what we know as the book of Mark, began to age or even die, they said, we better write this down. Right? And so it became the basis of the written gospel of Mark that we now have in the Bible. Well, in addition to telling the story of Jesus and his disciples' ministry, by chapter 13, the story starts telling a little bit of what's coming. It even looks to what will happen after Jesus' death and resurrection and what will happen in an eschatological, blah, 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 or end of times, or end of this age events. And so we look now to that part of Mark chapter 13 verse 28 through 37. If you've got your Bible app, I'll invite you to switch to the NLT or New Living Translation if you want to follow along word for word. The words will also be on the screen. Mark 13 verse 28. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, 
when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. I'll tell you the truth. This generation or this age will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Verse 32, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard and stay alert. Verse 34, the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. Verse 35, you too must keep watch. For you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. So don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, most Bible scholars uh, have consensus that this passage is talking about the end of this age or whenever Jesus returns. So we define this age as from his resurrection until his second return. There were some events that were forecasted in around this passage that did occur in the era of the audience who listened to them. But generally, this is speaking about the second coming of Jesus. And then in verse 33, it points to the uncertainty of that time. It says, stay alert. The original Greek New Testament term for stay alert is agree pano. Agree pano. Y'all say agree pano. I think we're all saying it right. Let's assume we are. But it means to make an effort to learn what might be a potential future threat. To be alert, to be on the lookout, to be vigilant. That term points to the serious nature of this event. You must treat it as a threat. But you might ask, well, why is Jesus coming back a threat? Because it marks the end of this age where you have a chance to put your faith in Jesus and receive salvation and be saved from sin's eternal consequences and a promise of being in the very presence of God. After this age is over, that choice is no longer an option. In other words, because you don't know the time and because it's so serious, be alert. Be ready for it. I've heard it said you have to get right and then stay ready. Well, let's look at this passage in more depth and how we might expect the seasons of God's kingdom. If you got your worship bulletin or you open the link in the Bible app, I invite you to follow along and take notes. Number one, expect the season with confidence. Expect the season with confidence. Verse 31 reads, 
Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. If somebody tells you about something, do you believe it or do you have to see it with your own eyes? I know it's easier for us to be, uh, I got to see it with my own eyes, right? There's slogans or sayings we've developed. It's like, I will believe it when I see it. Anybody ever said that? Right, there's a state that has adopted that slogan. Y'all know Missouri? Right, there's the show me state. It's like, we ain't going to believe you until you see it. And it seems to be true. It even resonated with this camera marketing slogan that says a picture is worth a thousand words. But you know, even our eyesight is not that reliable. On the front of the bulletin and the slides, I had a picture of a hawk. Do y'all know the hawk is the best eyesight in all the animal kingdom? You think you can see good when you get your glasses done or contacts, new contacts in. But you know the hawk can not only see more clearly, it can see at a distance up to eight times farther, further than we humans can. That's pretty good, right? So our eyesight is not even the best, and so it's not even that reliable. And so when we say, I got to see it to believe it, or I got to see the the kingdom come before I'll believe it. Jesus says, you don't have to wait to see it. You can trust my word. Heaven and earth disappear before his word will disappear. So in that, you can have confidence in Jesus. But you say, well, why do I trust what Jesus says? The evidence for that is that he predicted his death and his resurrection and it happened. Right? So those of us who say we're Christians or who put our faith in Jesus, we're saying a dude that can do that, because ain't nobody ever done it before or since, predict their own death, that's probably easy to do, but the resurrection? Ain't nobody been able to do that. And so when we say we put our faith in Jesus, repent and believe in Jesus, it's saying, dude that does that, I can believe everything he says. And so Jesus is saying, my word... If I tell you about it, it gives you confidence that you can trust. So number one, expect the season with confidence. Number two, expect the season as a surprise. Expect the season as a surprise. Verse 32 reads, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. I don't know if y'all knew this about me. I'm a legendary youth recreation soccer coach. Has y'all heard that yet? My reputation preceded me. Probably why you hadn't heard of me. No. But when you coach young kids, you had to break it down simple. And so I developed three simple rules for youth soccer. These were little kids. Number one, watch the ball. <laughs> Number two, win the ball or go get the ball. And Number three, then you can dribble, pass, or shoot the ball. But those simple rules. And why did I have to do that? Because at first, little kids were like... And then the ball would hit them, right? Watch the ball. Don't watch the sideline or brother or mama or watch the other field or up in the zoo, a jet, right? You've seen this in other sports. Anybody ever watched or played kids baseball, right? 
there, kick the dandelions and spin around and sit down and just play with the dandelion, you know? And, and then the ball comes out there, right? And so you have to teach the basic, watch, pay attention. But once the kids got that down, paying attention, got their head in the game, so to speak, you wanted to expand beyond that. Not just be focused on the ball, because then they would just like, you see these clusters of all the kids just chasing the, the ball around. And so you had to teach some strategy, like spread out, get in your position. Look at other things than just the ball. Start looking at where your teammates are at that you might pass the ball. Look at the opponents that you might pass it or shoot it by them without them taking it away from you. And the really good players would glance at the ball for a minute and then their eyes would be up scanning the field. And so at first you had to teach, watch the ball. Then you had to get beyond just watching the ball. Well, that's like our faith journey. We have to know that the end of times is coming, that Jesus is returning, and get our eyes focused on Jesus and that imminent return. But once we know that's coming, that's not the only thing we do with our faith. It's like Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and live in fear or live in a sense of unknown. Like, what can I do? I don't want to do anything for he might come. But no, I know he's promised and it's uncertainty. It'll be a surprise. But I'm going to live with that promise, but also live into what God has commanded me. To love God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. And to live out the purpose for which Jesus had created you until he comes again. So we keep our eye on the ball and know that Jesus is returning. But once we know that and have that foundation in our faith, then we begin to live out that truth in our lives. So expect the season as a surprise. And number three, expect the season for everyone. Expect the season for everyone. Verse 37 says, I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. If we have a party, we tend to want to invite other people to be a part of it. When we get married, we tend to want to celebrate the bride and groom. Whenever we have a graduation for our kids, we tend to want to invite other people to celebrate. Whew, my kid's graduating. If we have a baby, we tend to have a shower to celebrate it. When we get a promotion, a raise, or reach retirement, we tend to have a dinner and invite people. Part of expecting the season is sharing that expectation and celebration with others. And this passage says we're to tell it to everyone. Jesus illustrates this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 14 when he tells the parable of the great feast. He says a man had prepared a, a great feast and when it was ready to be served, he called out for those who had been invited to come. But none of them came. One after the other gave an excuse as to why they couldn't. One says, I'm too busy with work. I'm not going to come. The other says, I'm busy chasing a new adventure. I can't come. One says, I'm about to get married or I've got family commitments. I can't come. And so the host changes the strategy and says, you know what? I'm going to invite people that would never be invited to such a banquet 
invite them in. People that were the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame of the city streets. And they began to come to the feast. And when they arrived, the host realized there was still room at the table. And so he said, shout it to the countryside. Invite everyone that they may be a part of this celebration. In this season, in the anticipation of Jesus' ultimate return, we're invited to expect the season for everyone. To be inclusive to everyone when we're prone to exclude. To be generous to others when we're usually greedy for ourselves. To be kind to others when we're all too often callous towards them. The people for whom the banquet was prepared, some of them are missing it. Keep inviting them. But go and tell everyone that some of them might experience the goodness of the season. Let's pray. God, thank you so very much for the good news of Jesus, for the promise of his return. Let us have and receive the confidence of that. Let us not live in such a way as if we know the date is certain, but in a way that your kingdom may come through us into your return. God, may we live in such a way that all are invited to the good news of the gospel of Jesus to repent and believe and experience your hope until you come again. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.